Welcome to this week's episode of Being Human. I'm here with Ilya. He's at Bodner. He's the founder of Bold Penguin from Ohio. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I know we've got 30 minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep this uh, tight today. And I'm, I'm I'd really like to understand just for our listeners to set the scene here. You know, what's Bold Penguin about? What's what's the problem you're solving with Bold Penguin? Sure. So uh, Bold Penguin is a commercial insurance exchange. We're a technology company that's trying to make the process of buying and selling small business insurance easier. Uh, today in the United States. When a small business, uh, and small is defined under 100 employees, uh, wants to get insurance or needs to get insurance, typically uh, that small business owner or executive or CFO goes to an insurance broker or agent who represents a number of companies, insurance companies, and those insurance companies all assess the risk and provide back a price. That happens uh, very slow, uh, very few uh, small business owners can go directly to the insurance companies. There's a distribution um, that is in the middle there that helps things run on time. And as you would imagine, when three parties are involved, uh, it's a lot of piecemealing, a lot of back and forth. Insurance traditionally is an industry that's been behind other industries and technologies, so there's a lot of pen and paper. We built a platform to allow for the insurance broker to use something that is more digital uh, and into that platform, integrate insurance companies' offerings so they can make the process a little bit more digital. So in the end, life is easier for the people involved, which then makes the life of the small business owner simpler and faster as well. Uh, so we are using technology to allow for the quoting and binding of small business insurance to happen a little bit more efficiently through the use of technology and the main benefactors of that are insurance brokers who are customers, insurance companies who take on the risk, and then, of course, ultimately, the small business owner. Right. So you managed to do this without putting anybody out of a job. <laughs> That's the idea. We really try to stay away from seeing being seen as the company that is eliminating jobs and virtualizing or digitizing uh, those type of things. But instead, we'd like to be seen as an enabler that's helping be more efficient in what they're doing. Um, day to day right and what's the genesis of this were you in one of the in one of these jobs before when you came up with the idea how did this start sure my, my I originally immigrated to the United States in 1993 my first real job uh, was working for an insurance uh, agency so I had a lot of what you might call hand-to-hand -hand combat and selling insurance and seeing some of the messiness that exists with that uh, from a insurance agent standpoint. On the flip side later, when I had a couple of my own startups, I got to buy insurance as a small business owner. So I get to see the problems as a consumer. And so the rest is history, as they say. Right, oh, so, so you, this so what, this is your third, third startup? Um, I have a whole list of startups that never, <laughs> never, never to be repeated, <laughs> uh, but... Uh, of the ones that are worth talking about, yes, this is uh, one of very few that's actually uh, swinging through to become a substantial size. Right, so there's a lesson in that. So you've, you've got resilience there, right? That or just 
pure foolishness to keep going back into it. <laughs> and so how have you managed that? Have you sort of found yourself going back into straight employment, sort of saving up a war chest and then going again? Or have you just gone from like one to the next? How, how does how's that work? I'm very unemployable right now. I think I would make it barely up the elevator at any company that would hire me without being let go. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I always grew up around small business owners. Um, my dad has a small sewing company. My uncle had a, a cab company. Uh, very you know, modest um, type of uh, environments. But I just thought that owning my own business was the way to go. And I made tons of mistakes. And from those mistakes, I try to learn. And each company, to your point about going back, I've tried to make it a little bit better. Um, learn from uh, mistakes and things not to do uh, in order to create the perfect, big, uh, world-dominating type of organization. Right. That's the aim then, world domination. That's right. Always is. And everything you do. Okay. Uh, that's interesting. It reminds me of something, uh, Tim Ferriss, if you come across Tim, Tim Ferriss. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So he, he talks about you know, these experiences that he's had and, you know, success or failure. It's always like, well, what did I learn from it? Right. That's always what he's trying to, I mean, it's become a bit of a cliche, but it's, it's important to remember, isn't it? It's about what did I learn from this experience? Of course. Um, and what actually, well, maybe that's useful then. What, what were the sort of the lessons of the ones that didn't work out? What did you take away? Is there a sort of summation of that experience that allowed, that you then brought to, to the success with Bold Penguin? Yeah. Uh, one thing that jumps out uh, above all else is the old African proverb, if you want to go far, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with the team. And uh, I'm sure there's other ways of expressing that. And there's other learning lessons to um, folks to relate to. The basic gist is if you want to do anything of magnitude, uh, you have to do it as a team. And in order to do it as a team, you have to have a team. In order to have a team, you need to build trust. You need to have stability. You need to have a good foundation, etc. So above all else, something that jumps out at me, a learning lesson is it really takes a good, strong, cohesive team to go anywhere, um, anywhere big. Again, you can go fast by yourself, uh, but if you want to go far, uh, you really do need a team. Uh, that's, um, I would say that's, uh, that jumps out as a learning lesson each time. Something even my dad used to tell me all the time, surround yourself by people that are smarter than you. That's you know, just another way of expressing that African proverb. Uh, I've developed a theory for myself over the years that in order to have a good company, you need to have three legs to the stool. You need to have capital, idea, and people, and all have to be just about the right size. You need to have capital to do just about anything in life. You need to have great people that execute on that, uh, and you need to have a good idea versus a bad idea. Uh, so if you have two of the three, you're just not quite there. If you have one of the three, you're really screwed. Uh, I need to really triangulate, make sure they're all about the same size. And it's really worked for me. You know, many of you listening to this probably have been in many situations where you have a great idea, but not the money in the world or the people to execute on, or you have great people, but they're just chasing the wrong idea where most likely you have a good idea, good people and not enough capital. Uh, all of those are uh, tough scenarios. You really have to line up those three. Right. And with your, just coming back to that team idea, which I, which I like, so strong um, and cohesive, 
teamed you talked about what 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 goes into that building or how do you define that strong and, and what goes into having them be cohesive um you know i'm still figuring that out myself honestly I, I, I would probably mislead you if i say i have it all figured out um at the very basic level it's it comes down to trust uh, you have to you know you're in a foxhole with somebody uh, you see that person or those people more than you see your family uh, you just have to have that uh, sixth sense that if you push something off to them, if they push something to you, or if you're working on something jointly, uh, you can trust that they won't backstab you, that they won't fail, they won't let you down, and they'd be honest about their capabilities. Um, that's very human um, to have to want trust, um, and I think that's one critical foundational part of it. Uh, the other, I would say, is just be honest about your, at least that's how I think about it, just be honest about your strengths and weaknesses. There are certainly things that I'm really good at, and I'm very proud of that, but there's things that I suck at um, that I'm bad. I'm a human being. I, I have things that I'm just not good at. And so long as you know what they are and try to surround yourself with people that are great at those things that you're not great at, uh, you have a chance of building a really good team. Right. And how... And and how important is it to be honest about that? So do, do you do you tell people what, what what your weaknesses are? Or is it just it's just something you're you're aware of and build around? It's taken me time to uh, be comfortable to be that self-critical or self-deprecating in some situations. Um, but yes, you have to be. It, it, I think it's very critical. Right, right. And what what do you see? as anything that stands out in terms of the culture that's emerging in bold penguin that you think is contributing to the success. So you've talked about capital, you've talked about idea, clearly you, you, you've got, got those in place, but the, what's, what's emerging in the culture that you think is making a difference? Yeah. Let me start out by saying that we're building technology and commercial insurance, probably the least sexy of already an unsexy industry. Uh, build tech, you know, we're constantly competing with, big names like Facebook, Google, Netflix, uh, Grubhub, which uh, a lot of uh, you know, Groupon was in Chicago, just a lot of tech companies that are consumer facing that are cool that you can relate to and face. And then when you talk to a person that's usually beginning of their career that, oh, by the way, you're going to be working in insurance and in commercial and, and you're going to be working on integration. There's a, it's very hard. You have to really dig to find the charm in that. Uh, having said that, we are having a blast building the biggest company you've never heard about. Uh, you know, Plaid was just announced yesterday. The Plaid was announced yesterday, bought by Visa for over $5 billion. We like to be the plumbing of a messy industry. Uh, and there is a certain type of person that enjoys walking into a messy situation that others usually go away because there's no sexy factor to it. Um, having said all that as a pretext, uh, what has happened is this natural selection almost at Bull Penguin where the people that are drawn to this messy, you know, I call it often like we go into the basement and we just rewire and uh, we cut all the old wires and we throw away all the stuff that no longer makes sense. Uh, that's, that's what Bull Penguin does when it comes to carrier integrations uh, or insurance company integrations. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, then we surround ourselves with people that actually get along really nicely. And we compliment each other. Cycle happening of old penguin. I, I truly believe it. So, from a culture standpoint, you just have 
lot of people that bring different types of disciplines, different type of backgrounds at the table, but can all rally around trying to solve a pretty big, complicated problem. Um, and it's really, really nice uh, that we can get along on that. And what, so is it, it's being nice to each other, it's complimenting each other, it's rallying around problems. What, what do you actively do as a leader in the mix to, to preserve this culture? You know, what's your role in, in this? I try to not to mess it up. That's okay. really hard to do. Uh, no kidding aside, um, this has not, this is just organically uh, happened at Bull Penguin. I've been part of many startups, and this by far is unique in the sense that it sort of just happened from the beginning, uh, and I didn't have to intervene or do the forced happy hours or the fake let's all go to a baseball game kind of thing. It's just what people enjoy, um, and we try not to get in the mess of it. So from a leadership standpoint, don't get in the way. Uh, obviously, try to provide sufficient budget and 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 not to comment on it or restrict it or seems like the walls are uh, coming in or govern it in any way and just provide it the the room that it needs to and be a participant rather than a uh, a person that tries to regulate it uh, more, uh, which is kind of funny because we're in a very regulated space. Um, <laughs> as I said that out loud, uh, so we try to encourage people just to enjoy their day to day and. Um, however they define that, and if they need resources, such as uh, money or uh, permission to you know, take time off or whatnot, if it can be self-regulated, I, I suppose we try to encourage more of it, and that's about it. Right. And, is there, and what size are you now? Mole Penguin is uh, quickly approaching to be about 200 employees, um, mostly located in Columbus, Ohio. We did start something uh, uh, that we call remote, uh, where you're driving distance from the office. We've expanded that even further, so you're flying distance from the office, but all in the U.S. Uh, there's some court cities that we're targeting uh, from a recruitment standpoint, but um, I'll try to, all roads lead to Columbus, Ohio. Right. And so within, so, so that's still a, a sizable workforce, right? I mean, it's 200 people. So, so self-regulation there, how does, how does that work? Do, I mean, to what extent do you have to do, apply any regulation from, from the center? Sure. Yeah, I'd be interested in how that works. Sure. So again, uh, we're still trying to figure it out. Uh, that's the big disclaimer. Uh, every day is different than the day before. Uh, nothing that was said and done four years ago is the way we do it today, it evolves. Um, you know, there's a there's a few there's key people that certainly are the uh, what I call the soul of Bull Penguin. Um, there, they come in and they help just make sure that things are going, trains are running on time, that people are being listened to, that feedback is being communicated across the entire organization, um, and they're extremely um, uh, good at that. Um, as they do that, we constantly try to make sure that we're adjusting to people's needs and wants, um, and encouraging them to think, uh, differently independently. There's that track. There's always the, the work that's coming in. We're in a unique space where unlike other startups, we don't have to create or think or develop something that is an abstract. We have very practical problems. Our customers come to us every day and they're trying to figure out how to digitize, save time make things more efficient. And so there's never a shortage of ideas. It's just a matter of implementation. So as we're trying to figure out how to work with each other on the right here, on the left, we have plenty of work coming in and it's just a matter of balancing the two. Right. And 
I, I suppose I'm, I, the, these questions are are interesting because we've had a lot of people on the show who, who've gone for kind of quite innovative business models in how they they manage it. I don't know if you've come across Holacracy, uh, the, the the Zappos example, um, and I find that often it's these it's these frameworks that 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 can make the difference in the culture as much as the personalities of the leaders involved. Right? It's the it's the kind of the DNA that gets put in place. Um, we had another guy who runs uh, the Happy Company, and his his key index is the joy index. How much joy are people having at work? So, be interesting to know: are there any any kind of quirks of your DNA that you think are notable in in what you've achieved as a culture? Sure. Just like our industry is very old school, uh, the way we work within Bolt Penguin is pretty old school. We have an org chart where it's a thin you know, pyramid, thin at the top, wide at the bottom. Um, I. So from that sense, again, you know, maybe that doesn't work for, for most. It works fine for us. Um, I think the most important thing that's unique to Bull Penguin that stands the test of time is knowing who you report to, who your manager. You've heard it a million times. People don't leave companies. They leave their manager or right. uh, things along those genres. Uh, all of us, you, me, everybody, needs to talk to somebody uh, when issues arise or just a shoulder to cry on, I certainly have my advisory board, my leadership team for that as well. And so as long as a person knows who to go to in the case of the you know, good and bad, the ugly and personal life or work life or um, customer situations, then things are fine. So we work really hard on making sure that there's not an ounce of doubt that if this go to that person, uh, uh, you know, AKA manager, um, your boss and uh that's fine that works fine here right and and do you have a way of of of, of monitoring that or i guess I guess you, you have a close enough ear to to how people are feeling with their managers do you do you, do you monitor it in any way i think we have a very flat organization today that will continue to stay that way so it's easy to be in the know for um, most things certainly not everything uh, and again we're starting to learn that as well uh, as we're approaching 200, that seemed to have worked for us. I'm sure once we peak over that, it'll bring a whole new level of complexity where I'd ask you to delete this entire podcast and we start all over. Um, but that's part of the, 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 the fun is that we get to evolve with the size of our organization. Right. And are you, you personally now, I'd be interested, because this, this sounds like it's the biggest organization you've run to date, right? What has what has been the the evolution for you in 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 something growing to this size? Have you, is there something you've had to work through? Any blockers you found you've had to overcome? I think every executive, uh, regardless of size, has a problem of letting go, uh, and that's certainly something that I'm uh, personally trying to work through day to day. Now are the same kind of problems I had even when we had 10 people letting go, just more people now uh, and more customers and more complexity behind it. Um, it. You have a sense of I've done this, I can do this, I know what I'm doing and once it's in my control, I, I can control what happens when I uh, release something or push something or say something. It gets uh, very complicated when you're uh, giving that um, trust when you're passing on that trust to someone else uh so i'm working through that i know a lot of the folks here at bull penguin are working through that and uh, as we're working that we're asking our customers to be comfortable and work through that too um and that's a never-ending journey because even as i sit down one-on-one with executive of fortune 500 companies they uh, talk to me about that very same thing 
think about how do you trust but verify or, or let go and get comfortable with it. Um, the exposure, the liability, the direction, the strategy, uh, just the overall, are we swimming in the right direction? Uh, the type of things that come to mind uh, that we're all uh, trying to work through. Right. And, and do you have any sort of specific practices that help you with that, with that reflective process? Is yeah, so something that we did very early on at Bull Penguin that has been um, exciting for me is we formed an advisory board. Uh, it's a non-governing board filled with great people that care a lot about uh, me, us, company, industry, etc. And uh, it started out as a shoulder to cry on on a monthly basis, and it's evolved into more of a guardrails for the business. Uh, and, and now it's entering a space where we don't have to meet as frequently, uh, but it does act as a uh, um, uh, as a as a weight as a mechanism to just test out, like, hey, if we're doing this, you've, you've seen this movie before. Is this kind of how it should end, or is this the direction it should be going? Uh, so that's very healthy. And I encourage others to, to have something of that, you know, advisory council or mentorship group or um, customer council, you, you name it, just a group of people to get together to uh, sort of fact check uh, what you're doing. That's, that's interesting. One of, the, uh, one of the psychologists we had, had on the show actually was talking about leadership. And one of the ways that leadership is evolving in, in more complex organization is this idea that the leader is harnessing collective intelligence right harnessing the collective intelligence of the group is often the role of the leader and it sounds to me like that's so, so, somewhat what you're doing there right you're you're harnessing the collective intelligence of this advisory board yeah i've been telling people lately i'm the chief believer and no matter what's going on you believe you know that it's going to be good right yeah so you're, you're but but you're saying two things there because the believer is somebody who absolutely has the courage of their convictions and is committed to the cause and is is uh is, is sort of the, can be the saber rattling or, or or the or the light you know through the mist but you're also saying there's something about humility and saying yes but you may also have the answers you've seen this before can i come to you and learn of your wisdom right so you, you you've got to be you've got to have that humility but also got to be that that leader at the same time yeah, yeah, it's a very schizophrenic relationship. All right, and and I think for those listening to this, who uh, the, there may be a broader point there that uh, you're you're obviously involved in the complex task of running a two hundred person company, building out digital platforms. But for anybody who's doing anything complex, creating groups around them that can offer them wisdom sounds like a, a sort of pattern that may be useful in, in other contexts. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'd pick up on that. Absolutely. So, so, so next for Bold Penguin, so, so this, is it more of the same? Is it more of finding so problems to solve and, and building out this platform? Is that the, the plan for world domination? <laughs> so what's next for Bold Penguin? Um, we are in the world of commercial insurance where today for a small business owner, it takes weeks to get insurance in that process. It also takes weeks for the producer or the insurance agent to work on it. And that also drains a week's worth of time for insurance companies worth of resources to issue a policy. There's a lot of slack in that. We're obviously every day trying to chisel that out. Uh, as a result of that, we actually don't need to invent or get into other spaces or do vertical integrations or go international. 
or anything of that. We can just keep our head low and work on the very problems that we're trying to solve and take any problem off the shelf and start working on it and try to make lives easier. So 2020 and beyond is doing a lot of what we already did, just trying to find ways to do it more efficiently, uh, scale, uh, make sure we can do multiple simultaneous deployments and projects and relationships and partnerships uh, with uh, fewer people faster, et cetera. Uh, so that's the future. Very specifically to our industry, there's something that's known as excess and surplus. Uh, that's an area we're splashing into. It's not admitted insurance, which is just more like niche insurance for all those that don't that don't know. I won't get into the details. So we're getting into specific. Um, in the end, we're trying to make our uh, platform very developer fr friendly. So we're building an infrastructure on which you can build on top of so that if you are somebody at any one of these large organizations or small organizations and you don't have the budget or the time, you can just log in and start tinkering with our endpoints uh, and uh, be the future of commercial insurance one step at a time. Um, so as the future, that's what we're, that's what we're gunning for. Right. That, that, that ecosystem play to use the lingo, right? Yeah, Absolutely. that makes a lot of sense. Uh, okay, well, I know that you had half an hour for me. So we've got, we've got a minute left and thank you very much for your time. Um, it, it's great to get, get your insights on what sounds like a, a you know, really successful mission that you're on. Um, exciting for the future as well. Thank so you, thank you, Elia. And uh, we'll put a link to Bold Penguin uh, uh, for, for, the, uh, for those who may be interested in that. Uh, yeah, boldpenguin.com. Go to our website. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks again. Thank you for your time. Thank you. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.